0: good morning good morning and good morning and welcome to yet another episode of popping off a field podcast happy tuesday co-host hope everyone is having a beautiful day and hopefully your week got off to a good start even though i know monday tends to bring blues (laughs) Um, i hope that you had a restful weekend which kind of prepared you for the start of the work week Uh, today's episode is called cherish the day Um, Many of you are probably going to be familiar with that title because you're Sade fans like myself and remember the song from the early 90s. Others of you might recall that title from uh, Ava DuVernay show that was on the OWN network. Although Sade was mostly talking about love, romantic love throughout the song, I think the sentiment of cherishing the day is something that many of us can relate to thinking about the last year and a half. You know, uh, I started off 2020 uh, with uh, a different outlook. I had just broken up with my uh, boyfriend at the time. And uh, I went on a trip with some of my closest friends and got a chance to reconnect with some other close friends to be my goddaughter in New York. It was January. I had gone to Michigan for work and then left for Michigan to go to New York to spend some time with them to to un, to unwind, to relax, relate, to actually just say, okay, this is the start of my new year. Um and it was exciting, you know. I had thoughts in my head and plans and things that I wanted to to enact and I got sick in February with the flu, which was just the flu. I can confirm that. It was not uh, COVID-19. And then March came and then COVID-19 came. And then everybody's world changed. And, you know, looking back on my 2020 in comparison to others and some of the other people that I know, you know, for some of us, 2020, despite it being a very scary time, very uncertain time. Were able to find some good in the year. You know, I was able to become a homeowner. I know friends who got promotions, friends who uh, relocated, friends who also purchased homes, friends who started families or began the process of starting a family. Um, there was some good, but there was a lot of people who experienced some not so good times. Whether it is they were out of work, um, whether it was the loss of loved ones. Um, I even know some people who, who, who lost several loved ones in, in, in rapid succession to COVID 19. You know, having to process all of that, um, things changed in terms of how we communicate with one another, how we connect with one another. School was different, so people lost out on prom and high school graduation and college graduation and homecoming and, you know, there are people who just didn't get the experience they thought that they would, you know? It was like, yeah, my, my senior year wasn't like I thought it was going to be. My my wedding wasn't like I thought it was gonna be. My, the birth of my child wasn't like I thought it was gonna be, so there's a lot of people who had to continue to move and continue to process big events in in very strange and uncertain times. And so I think that we all can relate to how important it is to cherish and relish the good things. 2021 has also brought about some unexpected things, some things that we didn't know were going to happen um, these last couple of weeks. I guess I've been bombarded with with news that just wasn't good news, uh, and and reminded about it constantly. I learned of a young man who was in the youth theater that I was in um, back in Detroit, who who lost his battle to cancer, I believe. Someone who is in their late twenties, maybe early thirties. I learned of another friend who, even before the pandemic, we found ourselves in this in this rat race of just trying to keep in this cat and mouse game of trying to keep in contact with one another. Also from Detroit, who relocated down here, who was recently diagnosed with stage four cancer and is in that battle. Um, I, I went yesterday to pay my respects to a former choir member who who passed away uh, unexpectedly at least unexpectedly to me, because obviously being in a pandemic, there's isolation. So you don't always know what's going on with people, what's going on in people's lives. And it, it just struck me because she was a young woman, not even 60 years old, and was a caretaker, a caretaker for her husband who had had some health challenges and the, and, and the caretaker for her mother-in-law who had relocated to Atlanta because of her health challenges and needed some additional help. And so this this, this woman had pretty much taken on that responsibility, you know, wholeheartedly uh, in sickness and in health to make sure that her husband had what he needed and additionally was also helping him to care for his mother. And, and, and yet being the primary caretaker for her family is now no longer with us. Uh, Even another choir member who had had some health challenges also succumbed to those challenges earlier this year. And it's just, you know, it really puts things in perspective in terms of relishing the moment, the experience. Um, I just explained various situations of, of, of loss and grief or, 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 or pain that has happened to a myriad of different people, not COVID-19 related, just a part of life. And the older I get, the more I realize that some of the people who have been the most instrumental in my life are people who are not gonna be here always. Um, you know, not to be morbid in any way, but just to be very realistic. You know there are some people that i love very very dearly who are in their 70s and even with the best of health <laughs> you know there's no guarantee that they're going to be around up 30 years and so it's you know you have to process those things and so it's it's important for all of us and i think that this is something that we can all agree on whether we had a shitty 2020 or we're able to to find and squeeze some light out of 2020 and and come out all right that it's important to to relish and cherish every moment that we can with the people that we love to not waste time on petty unimportant things uh because tomorrow really isn't promised you know um I know that my family has a history of diabetes and high blood pressure and high cholesterol and heart disease and, and even various forms of cancer. And so I have I've been on this journey throughout my 20s and, and now in my 30s of trying to figure out the best way to manage that, you know, in terms of my physical health. I think I've done a really good job of maintaining good mental health because I've been in therapy for close to 11 years. But, um, my physical health is something that I haven't always been the most vigilant about, you know, there's definitely been times where I've made the decision to say, okay, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to get a gym membership. I'm going to eat right or whatever the case is. And you know, that weight loss journey, that health conscious journey is is definitely that. And it's very cyclical. Um, it it has its ups and downs. There are there are times where you're extremely motivated to do the right things, and there are times where you are less than motivated to do the right things. I know that the pandemic played a role for a lot of people. I can admit that it did play a role for me because prior to the pandemic, I was trying to go to the gym because I was paying for a membership, a membership I'm still paying for, by the way, Um, or I was getting up and running Sunday mornings before I knew I had to sing so that I would be in optimal vocal (laughs) health. (laughs) Um, And that really helped me. You know, at the earlier part of the pandemic, I was doing my push-ups every day. And I know that for some people, it was a bit annoying to see that video pop up every day. But for me, it was accountability and it motivated me and it also motivated others to do something similar with their health, which was great. Um, but then it got to the point where I was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. I don't feel like doing this anymore. I proved to myself that I can do it and now I can move on. But, um, you know, I'm starting to look at those things now because I have got children that are young and I've made a commitment to their parents that if for whatever reason something was to happen to them that I would step in and help to ensure that, that that child got a firm foundation so that they can be productive productive citizens you know that they can live out their dreams and that's important to me not to mention at some point I would like to start my own family so you know I'm not getting any younger I'm almost 40 and it seems that late 30s early 40s is when some of those family things some of those genetic things those predispositions that we have shrugged off or ignored or or thought to ourselves, eh, not me, really begin to kind of catch up with us. You know, our bodies just don't process things the way that they used to. They don't heal as quickly as they used to. Um, and the best way to wore some of those things off is to be in optimal physical health, you know, making those hard choices. That's why I've been playing tennis, because it's something I enjoy. Um, but it is also something that allows me an opportunity to to get in some very, very good cardio work. <laughs> um, and so now it's just about making the decision to also do some things at home in terms of how I'm eating so that I'm better for that as well. Um, and, and like I said, it's just making those those choices because they help with the person's longevity. Like I, I wanna be around as long as I can. Um, and despite all the craziness in the world, you know, I want to do my part <laughs> to keep myself healthy and 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 make sure that I have an opportunity to experience and relish some things that come my way. You know, um, my grandmother always used to say something which I thought was interesting, which I really didn't understand it at that time, but I do now. She said, you know, there are more short graves than long graves. And she was, you know, it kind of lends itself to that whole idea that uh, youth is wasted on the young because there are so many young people who find themselves in situations that could possibly end their lives prematurely. And this notion that you have to be old in order to die is not accurate, you know? Um, It's not true. Uh, Even with the best intentions, you could be in the wrong place at the wrong time, or be a victim of just a random act of violence and we see that all the time you know a, a person could find themselves in a situation where they are face to face with law enforcement and we see that although there are a lot of people who there are a lot of situations we don't hear about because there are people who are constantly in contact with law enforcement for various different reasons a myriad of different reasons but we have also seen where what. What should have been a routine traffic stop, and I'm putting that in air quotes, so you can't see it, um, turns into something that results in the the loss of someone else's life, particularly a person of color, black person. Um, and so, you know, I think about all of those things, and just and just think about how important it is to live life and live life to the fullest. I mean, who would have thought that somebody in their twenties or their 30s would be dealing with cancer and and chemo and, and radiation and surgeries and different things like that and having to recover from that and also being very aware that even though that they they could push through that and and find themselves in remission how often have we seen with other family members and loved ones where they've beaten a thing and that thing has come back more aggressive you know so there's always that fear in the back of your head you know Um, so, yeah, I think it's important. I felt it important for me today to say to you, as I'm also saying to myself, you know, take the time out to create some experiences for yourself, some lasting experiences for yourself, um, that you can look back on with no regret and say, you know, I did that. I've always wanted to travel here. I've always wanted to learn this. I've always wanted to go there and and find ways to do those things because life is really short. I mean, I knew that when I lost my mom, how short and how precious life was. Um, But this last year and a half has magnified that idea, that concept, that notion and how important it is to just cherish those things. People, Um, oftentimes we treat people so dispensably. I don't know if I said that completely right, but we do treat people as if they are dispensable. Eh, That's better wording. Um, And uh, we find ourselves in these relationships with people and we just kind of cast them aside, whether it be, you know, romantic or platonic, familial you know we find ourselves in these situations where we're in these relationships and because there's a misunderstanding or falling out or miscommunication it's just like fuck them I don't need them you know um and and the grief associated with losing someone when a relationship is so there's so many things left unsaid it's crazy It's crazy. Um, I just rewatched Holly Berry's Inside the Actor Studio from early two thousands, and Lipton is probably one of the the finest, or was one of the finest interviewers that I've ever known. You know, he really took the time to to know the subject. You know, and he asked her a lot of questions about early childhood and her relationship with her father and she was basically saying that you know her father struggled with alcoholism and was very violent and abusive towards her mother and her older sister but never towards her and because of that she 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 kind of learned how to disappear how to fade away um how to kind of create her own worlds that she played in which lended itself to Her acting. Um, But there was also a a, a very large amount of guilt associated with that life because her father never abused her, you know? And so it's like, well, what makes me different? But also, I don't necessarily want to be abused, but, you know, what makes me different? Um, And her father left. And later on in life, because her mother was a single mother trying to raise two two, two black daughters, her mother's white, of course, Um, trying to raise two black daughters in Ohio. (laughs) Um, She brought the father back into the household because she felt that her girls needed a father. And she said it was probably the worst day of her life because he came back even more abusive, you know? And these are things that she had to witness. And I, I definitely believe that that lends itself to um some of the relationship issues she's had throughout her life Um, but when speaking of the relationship with her father she said that the father the relationship she has with her father now is much better it's much better in death because she's created this base that she can go to and she can speak to her father and he says all of the things to her that he should have said when he was alive and when James ended the interview, he asked her, as he asked all of his interviewees, um, if there is a heaven and you make it to the pearly gates, what do you want God to say to you? And she said, welcome, your father's been waiting. And you could just see the the the, the pain and tears in her eyes. Now, listen, everybody isn't going to be in a situation where they can reconcile relationships in life. I understand that. Um... But if, if, if you have that opportunity, I urge you to try because I think it's more work to try to figure those things out when a person is gone. You know, obviously her father had a lot of his own demons that he needed to work out and work through, um, which made it very difficult for them to have any level of relationship when he was alive. And I don't think that it was for lack of trying, but it just just wasn't possible. But some of us find ourselves in situations where we've fallen out with people over much less and can't seem to reconcile those types of things. And I just know from other experiences, the the grief and the, the guilt, that's the word I'm looking for, the guilt that people feel when things are left unresolved, unfinished. Um, interesting story. My grandmother, my mom's mom, passed away when I was in high school. I was a junior and uh, I was in Mosaic at the same time. She passed away in January, um, and we were getting ready to, the top of the year was typically when the singers, uh, the Mosaic singers would put on their their annual concert. It was in January. Um, so, you know, we take that Christmas break and then we come back pretty much swinging, <laughs> you know, but also as a high school student, that's also finals time. so. It's interesting how they have the semester set up, but you come back in January after Christmas break, getting ready to pretty much gearing up to end the semester, you know? Uh, Because you get that first report card, what, in November, which is like a progress report. And then you get that next report card in January, end of January, early, early part of February or something like that if I remember correctly. Nonetheless, um, you don't think things are not normal until you get older, but I shared a room with my grandmother and um, she was it. She was sick, she was ill. And uh, things had gotten progressively worse. And of course, at that time I didn't know why or what was going on because families don't say anything, especially when you're the child in the family, because even as teenagers still considered a child, so there's just things you don't know. And the night before she passed, typically when I would come home because she was sleeping through the day, she would be quite talkative during the night. Um, and before things got really, really bad, obviously, if she needed help to the restroom during the middle of the night, like I would assist her with those types of things. But the night before she passed, um, you know, she asked me and I remember very vividly, you know, do you feel like talking tonight? And I was like, nah, grandma, I'm kind of tired. I just kind of want to go to bed tonight. And she was like, well, okay. You know, she didn't bother me anymore. Um, The next morning I got up as I normally would do and got ready for school. But I typically would go over to her bed and kiss her and say, hey, I'm getting ready to go. Have a good day. Those types of things, you know, just that final check in. But for whatever reason this morning, I didn't do that. Um, Went to school. And something came up in school, and I don't remember what it was, but it would have been something relevant to uh, my grandmother's time. You know, like something historical, something that she would remember, something that I wanted to ask her about, because my grandmother was born in the 1920s. And so I was leaving school, and I think we had a half a day that day or something like that. So I was leaving school and I got home and everybody was kind of sitting around or whatever the case is. And I was on my way upstairs because of course they didn't register to me that something was wrong. I was on my way upstairs to ask her this question and my mom stopped me and basically, you know, gave me the spiel, you know, rushed grandma to the hospital this morning and you know, she wasn't breathing or whatever the case is. And Um, or basically what it was is my younger cousin had gone up. It was like breakfast time to, and discovered that her breathing was very shallow. She felt very cold, those types of things. And so they went through that whole process of getting her out of there, rushing her to the hospital, yada, yada, yada. And, um, you know, basically the story is she got to the hospital. She didn't make it. Um, and she wanted to tell me before I got to the top of the stairs and discovered that she wasn't in the room. And I just, I just kind of fell to my knees and was very, very, upset with myself and carried this guilt for a very very long time that you know maybe things would have been different if I would have done my my early morning routine if I would have realized that six o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning that things weren't right that I could have alerted my mom and my aunt or whoever and they could have got to the hospital sooner and it made maybe would have made a difference you know obviously now I understand that it wouldn't have (laughs) but um there, there was this guilt that I felt dealing with that. Like maybe the outcome would have been different. Maybe she would have been there a little bit longer had I done this or had I done that. That's a lot of weight to carry, a lot of weight to carry. It's it's a weight that I wouldn't want anybody else to experience. And that's why I, as often as I can, encourage people to to mend fences as best you can, while you can. Um sometimes the other person that you're dealing with isn't in that place to receive that and that's okay it's all about it's kind of like that whole concept of forgiveness is for you and not for the other person you seek forgiveness because it allows you to be at peace with the situation you've done all that you could and now you can move on and so at the end of the day you don't feel any type of way if the issue is unresolved because you know you did your part You know and it's that same thing in those types of relationships with people like if you know that you've put forth the effort to resolve the issue to 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 be apologetic to ask for forgiveness or offer forgiveness and that person isn't reciprocating that kindness or that goodwill you've done all you can and that means that if that person left the earth today or tomorrow or 10 years from now you don't have that weight on you that you didn't do the best that you could to to mend that fence um And I know that weight and I've seen that weight play out in the lives of other people that I care about in a much more damaging way um and I just don't want people to you know I love I love my my co-host and so this is just a bit of inside information that I want to (laughs) give to kind of help you out and it also lends itself to that idea of just cherishing and relishing moments creating moments creating experiences so that um you, you, you don't want any regrets. You just don't, we only get one life to live. um, And things go by so quickly. You know, I am looking at having graduated from Morehouse almost 15 years ago, having graduated from Cashtag High School almost 20 years ago, you know, brothers who are nine and 12 years younger than I am, but very much so, you know, well into their 20s, you know? Uh, other children in my family who were born which seems like yesterday to me and their teenagers you know people who are who are and have matriculated through high school and are now adults kind of trying to figure out how to navigate the world it's crazy it's crazy that time really waits for no one you know and so you want to You want to have the best experience in this life that you possibly can. You want to take care of your mental. You want to take care of your physical. You want to take care of your spiritual. Um, It's all very, very important. Um, And you also want to make sure that you get to a place where you don't allow so many other things that are going on in the world that you can't control to kind of bog you down. And so I just felt compelled to share that with you today. You know, um, the fact that I've been experiencing loss uh, from an adjacent place, because a lot of the losses that I spoke about didn't du- directly affect me. I didn't have, didn't have, and don't have necessarily personal relationships with all of the people that I talked about. You know, yes, these are people that I've that I've been in organizations with. Uh, or we've been a part of the same organization or people that I've sung with for a number of years. But, you know, sometimes the relationship is just, we come together to sing and we move on. We're not necessarily friends beyond that point, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the loss doesn't affect me in some way. And so I'm speaking from a place of, I, you know, I, I, I'm not personally grieving their loss, but I'm fully aware of the magnitude of their loss. Um, and how it does affect other people that I will be in contact with as the world begins to open up again and we begin to get back to normal. So I just wanted to share that because I love you. I love us and I want us to be the best versions, the best versions of us. Um, and I, I wouldn't be me if I didn't spend some time talking about it. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for loving on me. Thanks for supporting me. Thanks for checking in on me. Thanks for asking about the podcast. Thanks for, uh, sharing it with other people. Um, I need to do a better job of, of doing that for other people. Uh, so that's something that I'm working on and working through. So, um, I love y'all. Y'all have a great day. Continue to do all those things because it's important to my numbers. <laughs> hate to be begging towards the end, but yeah, continue to do all those things because it's important. I hope you guys have a beautiful day and a beautiful week and look forward to hanging out with you guys again at a later time. Peace.